The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I am often asked who the worst governor was in my lifetime, and I generally have a pretty easy answer to that. It's generally Elliot Spitzer. I'm often asked who the best governor of New York State was in my lifetime, and I've come to believe that it was probably Governor George Pataki, even though I never voted for him. One question I'm never asked, though, is who the most underrated governor has been, and that is the easiest question to possibly answer, and that is Governor David Patterson. And I believe that's because Governor Patterson didn't have to stay as governor. He could have taken the easy way out, appointed himself to Hillary Clinton's seat, and had a distinguished career in the U.S. Senate, where he'd probably still be today. But he saw that the state was dealing with some very real fiscal crises, and he stayed and dealt with them. And he dealt with them in a way that made no one happy. The Democrats weren't happy with the massive cuts he instituted. Republicans weren't happy with the tax increases that he signed into law. And the way that he got those cuts in line were incredibly creative and forward-thinking for the time. He basically put them in the budget extenders, which no governor had ever done before, and got his cuts in, even though the legislature was recalcitrant. Now, why are we talking about Governor Patterson right now? Because that kind of leadership in Albany is long gone. And New Yorkers may soon be wishing they had someone like Andrew Cuomo in office today because New York is barreling towards its first major state deficit since Andrew Cuomo took office in 2011. The state's enacted budget financial plan quietly released a week ago. The budget gap for the coming fiscal year that starts April 1st ballooned from $5.1 billion to $9 point one billion dollars in two years the gap went from 8.6 billion to 13.4 billion these are sizable gaps on par with the cost cutting that governor patterson did in 2009 and 2010 so i don't know what next year's budget fight is going to look like we could see cuts we could see freezes to programs and services after years of spending sprees that included record school aid which is the state's largest expense but this is is a bad fiscal picture, and I will tell you, I have no confidence in the legislative leaders nor the governor to handle what is a very real problem the state is facing. I hope they prove me wrong. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Everyone, this is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I know Dominic Carter spent a bit of time on this yesterday, and Curtis Lewa has been all over the place with this for the last 48 hours or so. And that is the issue with Mayor Eric Adams speaking to God. That's right. We definitively have a mayor, let me correct myself, that God speaks to. Our mayor is actually a prophet. Not only has he known he'd have the mayor's job for at least three decades, but the mayor actually said that it was God who visited him several times over three decades ago to tell him to plan for the role. This is what he said. 30-something years ago, I woke up out of my sleep in a cold sweat. 
God spoke to my heart and said, you are going to be the mayor January 1st, 2022. And the message was clear. God stated, you cannot be silent. You must tell everyone you know. Because it's the Judges 7, verse 2 through 7 moment. Because when you win the battle, I don't want you to think that you won on your own. And I don't want people to think that you won because of you, who you are. He said that on Sunday morning at a Father's Day mass. Now, let me be very clear. I think Mayor Adams is being sincere here. Whether or not God spoke to him, I don't know. But it has left me thinking, I pray I believe in God and I seek his guidance often. And God has never once spoken to me in a manner that I could understand. I'm sure he has spoken to me through symbolism and things of that nature. He's never given me career advice. He's never said to me, Frank, you're going to have this job at this date. Make sure you're ready for it. And I'm wondering... Is it possible that Mayor Adams is just one of the chosen few? Because we know in looking at the Bible and other texts that God does speak to people. Or is this something else here? And it has me feeling bad. I'm wondering what I could be doing to hear back from God a little bit more. Maybe I need to listen a little bit more intently. I'm not trying to be provocative. I'm not trying to disparage what the mayor is saying. I wonder if this really was God speaking to him. Beam me up. To be continued. Other side of midnight. Local spotlight. There was a fascinating story in the New York Post yesterday. It'll be in the paper edition today. And it has to do with marijuana. Now, what were we told for literally years about why we needed to legalize marijuana in New York State? Everybody talking about it said the money, the money, the money. Some said we could use the money for tax relief. Some said we could use it to improve mass transit. Some said we could use it to stave off subway fare increases or a number of other things. Well, apparently, New York is not doing too well in terms of making money when it comes to harvesting revenue from legal marijuana. The Empire State is not even on track to make a predicted $56 million in its first year of legal weed sales. And that's just a fraction of what other states made after legalization. This according to a new report backed by New York medical marijuana operators. The report highlights criticism from the medical marijuana industry that state cannabis laws are too restrictive for legal weed vendors while allowing an illegal market for marijuana to flourish. And that's my experience exactly. I drove here, I think I passed, just here in Manhattan, five or six stores or stands selling marijuana. I guarantee you every single one of them is illegal, and yet they stay open. I don't know why. I don't know why they're not shut down. Maybe it's because they found a loophole. I know some stores are doing this thing where instead of saying you're buying marijuana, they say you go in there to buy an NFT, and they give you the NFT, and they give you the marijuana as a thank you gift. Maybe that's what's going on here. But as far as I'm concerned, this is the worst of both worlds. We have illegal marijuana shops flourishing, probably largely unregulated. Who knows what's in the product that they're selling? And New York State isn't really making the money that we were expecting to because of this vice. If you're going to legalize a vice to make money, at least make sure you're making money with it. So I hope the state can get its act together on this. But uh, as Yogi would say, it's getting late early. Beam me up. To be continued. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Alexa, play 77 WABC every day at 1 a.m. I am hoping if you're listening to this program in earshot of some sort of a smart speaker that I just gave your Alexa a command. It's funny, in our house, we have the Alexa smart speaker go on at 1 a.m. And Rachel's been complaining that it has occasionally been waking up our son. Now, I set the volume to one so that it's very So that is very low and doesn't wake anybody up at 1 a.m. But uh, I don't know if this is going to continue to be a problem and we may have to put a stop to it. So that's where I need you to come in. Even if you happen to be asleep, even if you're someone that usually listens to this program on podcast, please, wherever you happen to be in America, set your smart speaker to play 77 WABC every morning at 1 a.m. And then when you wake up, if you want to keep the radio on, you should. We got great programming all day long. You can, or if you want to do other things with your smart speaker, you can lower it or turn it off. But this way, at least we'll get credit for the streaming ratings, and we could use your help in that regard. Hey, by the way, I'm a moviegoer, but I haven't been to the movies in forever, and uh, part of it is my lifestyle, part of it is my schedule, part of it is having an 18-month-old. But one of the places that I'm eager to try is the Alamo Draft House, and I am uh, really just disappointed in what's going on there. Projectionists at an Alamo Draft House movie theater in New York City have filed a petition to unionize. However, instead of coming to the negotiating table, the theater chain sent out an internal email notifying staff of the company's intention to do away with the projectionist position entirely and replace it with a more expansive technical engineer role. This reflects how the struggle for labor rights in entertainment goes far beyond Hollywood writers and actors. It even hits the projectionists. I'm sorry to hear this. I like having the projectionists there and I'm an old school guy. We'll see what happens. Beam me up. To be continued.